Hello and welcome to the Mr. Brown podcast, where I reflect on my journey as an early career teacher with a special focus on mental health. I am your host, James Brown. Salutations. That's going to be my new greeting on this podcast from now on. It was suggested by a listener. Thank you very much. I like it, so I'm going to run with it. This past week was another week of strike action. Teachers were on strike on Wednesday and Thursday, which led to closures or partial closures of many schools, causing a significant amount of disruption with the hope of encouraging the government to enter into negotiations with the unions over teacher pay and other things. Now, the debate around strike action rages on, even among teachers. Should teachers be striking? Are they striking for the right reasons, etc.? These are still really important questions. One popular argument I've heard against teacher strike action runs like this. This particular strike action concerns teacher pay, yet the main reason teachers quit the profession isn't pay, but rather workload. So teachers shouldn't be striking. Not as part of this particular industrial action anyway. If another strike were to come along later, which concern workload, then by all means strike, because that's the real problem in education. It's not pay, it's workload. Now, I think this argument rests on a dubious assumption. Now, the assumption is that the issues of pay and workload are unrelated. And I think this assumption is wrong. So what I plan to do here is explain a few ways in which the issue of pay is directly related to the issue of workload. Now, this dubious assumption, as I've characterised it, isn't the only assumption that that previous argument rests on. Another assumption is that the main aim of strike action should be to address the recruitment retention crisis in teaching. And with that assumption, I wholeheartedly agree. Strike action should be about making the teaching profession a more attractive one so that more people sign up and fewer people quit. Okay, I agree with that assumption. So thinking now about the reasons that teachers quit, the main reason is indeed workload. That's what surveys and polls have suggested, not pay. But pay is one of those reasons. It's not the main reason, sure, but it is still a reason. Now, for every teacher who quits because they aren't getting paid enough, that increases the workload for the teachers who are left behind. Because it's not like when that teacher quits, they take their class with them and their class disappears. Those classes still have to be taught. 
the number of children, the number of students hasn't changed. They just now have fewer teachers. And those teachers now have bigger class sizes as a result, and more books to mark. And so it's possible to imagine that the issue of pay may have been the original issue. Now, it's not like there was this golden age of teaching where the industry had all the teachers they could possibly need, and then suddenly pay for some reason started to dwindle. I don't think that's the case anyway. But even so, it's possible to imagine that at some point, pay started to decline in real terms. Some teachers started to quit as a result. Workload increased for the teachers that they left behind as a result. And then soon enough, workload became the main issue for the profession. So the point I'm trying to make is the fact that pay appears on the list of reasons that teachers quit the profession will have a direct impact on workload. For every teacher that quits due to pay, they leave fewer teachers behind who have to pick up the slack. So that's one way in which pay is related to workload. I think pay is also related to the perception of workload. It's likely that people will only start worrying about workload or moaning about workload if they feel they aren't getting paid enough. So, for example, if I worked out, I'm not going to because it might frighten me, but if I worked out all the hours that I spend working as a teacher inside and outside school and divided my salary by that number, it may turn out that I earn less than minimum wage per hour of work. That, of course, is going to make me think that I'm doing too much work. I have too much work to do. My workload is too great because I'm not being paid enough. But if I were being paid much more, then I would have fewer complaints about my workload. I mean, let's think for a moment about the people in society who earn a ridiculous amount of money. I'm not sure who those people might be in the, in the public sector. Well, OK, let's consider teaching. If you're the head of a multi-academy trust, it's likely that you'll be earning north of £125,000 a year. It would be strange to hear that person complaining about workload because they're being paid so much money. So how much someone is being paid is going to affect how they perceive their workload whether they're happy with the amount of work they're doing or whether they're unhappy with the amount of work they're doing. So that's another way in which the issue of pay is directly related to the issue of workload. Now there's a third, slightly more speculative connection. Teachers were given a 5% pay rise last September. This pay rise wasn't funded it had to come out of existing school budgets. And in extreme cases, this led to schools 
having to let go of staff, support staff, other staff, in order to afford the 5% pay rise for their teachers. So just like before, if you've got fewer staff and yet the same overall amount of work that needs doing, then each member of staff is going to have to do more. Their workload is going to increase. Now, part of the negotiations around current action, I think, involves going back and getting that pay rise funded. If that 5% pay rise from last September becomes a funded pay rise, then this will free up school budgets and schools will, as a result, be able to afford more members of staff. More members of staff means lighter workload for individual teachers. Many hands make lighter work. So as a maths teacher, I did do the maths. And I hope the maths is right, otherwise that would be rather embarrassing. But if that 5% pay rise were, became retroactively funded by the government, then that would mean that for every 21 teachers a school has, the additional funding would allow them to hire another teacher. And that's significant. So I've spoken about three ways in which the issue of pay and the issue of workload are in fact related to one another. They're inextricably intertwined and I don't think they can be separated in any meaningful way. But pay and workload, again, aren't the only reasons that appear on that list of reasons that teachers quit the profession. There are others. These include behaviour, poor behaviour by students, and also a toxic work environment. This is something that thankfully I don't have to worry about. I wouldn't say that the environment at my school is in any way toxic, not from what I've experienced anyway. So I'm lucky in that regard. But I see a lot of teachers on Twitter discussing toxic work environments. So that is yet another reason why why teachers quit. And again, I don't think that these issues can be treated separately from the issues of pay and workload. So I've already connected the issue of pay to the issue of workload. Now, how might these other issues be connected too? So a teacher with a very high unmanageable workload will, I think, have less capacity to deal with behaviour problems as and when they arise. So if the teacher is already maxed out, then a behaviour incident could be the straw or, I don't know, the log that breaks the camel's back. But a teacher with a manageable workload is more likely to be able to deal with that situation and with other behaviour incidents in a way that won't overwhelm them. I know that when I'm maxed out, when my capacity is full, I just struggle to make decisions. It's not that I struggle to make good decisions and I accidentally make bad ones. It's that I struggle to make any decision at all. Seemingly trivial things can all of a sudden tip me into the red and cause me to feel incredibly overwhelmed. So you can see that the issue of workload 
which is related to the issue of pay, is also perhaps related to the issue of managing behaviour. And what about the toxic work environment? As I said, I've had little experience of this myself, but it seems perfectly reasonable to me to think that a toxic work environment could well be underpinned by unmanageable workloads. If each person within a department has a workload that far exceeds their means, then I'd imagine that workload would be a less happy place. People would be less patient with one another. And this may lead to arguments and to toxicity. Now, I'm sure there are many reasons why a work environment may become toxic. And I guess sometimes there are just some bad apples. You might get a person who who causes upset for the sake of it. Again, I haven't met any such people in teaching, thankfully. But a work environment in which each person is at breaking point under an unbearably heavy workload is bound to be one in which there's more conflict. Of course, that just makes perfect sense to me. So I guess what I've tried to do in this episode is show that the reasons why education has a recruitment retention crisis shouldn't be treated as separate, discrete reasons. In fact, they form a cluster of interrelated reasons. And I think that pay, teacher pay, is one of the fundamental reasons. So, yes, this current strike action might not be about workload in particular, but if as a result teacher pay increases, It will, I think, for all the reasons I've outlined in this episode, have a positive effect on teacher workload and other interrelated issues like behaviour management and toxic work environments. Now, there's one final consideration, and this was something I discussed with our acting NEU rep during Thursday's strike. So the issue of pay might be the headline issue for the union. That was the issue that teachers were voting on in the ballot. But that issue may have been chosen as the headline issue to encourage teachers to vote. There may be many teachers who are less concerned with the state of education in general and more concerned with their payslip. And fair enough. So if those teachers can be mobilised into voting and into taking strike action, that's great. Hopefully that will cause sufficient disruption to get the government to come to the negotiating table. And then once the government are at the negotiating table, the unions can then talk about all of the other issues, including workload, that really matter. And just this morning... The NEU tweeted the following statement. I'm going to read it to you in full. It's not very long. Bear with me. 
The government and the education trade unions, Association of School and College Leaders, National Association of Head Teachers, NASUWT and the National Education Union have agreed to move into a period of intensive talks. The talks will focus on teacher pay, conditions and workload reduction. So as you can see, though most of the publicity, I guess, around current strike action has concerned the issue of teacher pay, now that these talks have begun, it's not the only issue that will be discussed. Working conditions and workload reduction are also on the agenda. So in conclusion, let me return to that argument that I presented at the start. The argument against current strike action was that the strike action is about pay, but that's not the main reason that teachers quit the profession. The main reason is workload, and therefore teachers shouldn't strike. So as I've explained, I think this argument is mistaken. It rests on this faulty assumption that the issue of pay and the issue of workload can be treated separately, and they just can't. They are bound together and they can't be separated. So if you're one of those teachers who thought along those lines, then I invite you to to reconsider and to think again about strike action. Should there be any more strike action? I mean, maybe that will be the end of it. According to that NEU statement, the government have entered into negotiations with the unions. So that might be it. Fingers crossed. But if it isn't, if strike action does continue, then think about it. If workload is an issue for you, but you're not too dissatisfied with your pay, then just bear in mind that how much work you have to do may be directly related to how much teachers are paid in general. Okay. This episode took a couple of hours to produce, which is about average. I aim to produce a couple of episodes a month. If you think that work is worth at least the price of a coffee, two to three pounds a month, then please consider becoming a patron and helping me cover the cost of producing this podcast, which currently stand at around 13 pounds a month. Any contribution would be greatly appreciated. As always, the link to my Patreon page is in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word in person and on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at MrBrownPod or email MrBrownPod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate and review in your directory of choice. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash MrBrownPod and helping me cover the cost of producing the podcast. Thank you and talk again soon.